0: Hey, okay, hi there. Welcome back. We're doing some Gaia shows tonight, listening to ambassadors of Zeta Reticuli, and they were just saying that thousands, we've contacted thousands of other beings...
1: that are totally disconnected from every definition of a biological 3D life form that we are aware of here. So it's, it's close to, possibly it's close to infinity how many species and how many life forms are out there.
2: How do the extraterrestrials choose you know, what governments or what individuals that they want to make contact with uh, to speak with?
1: There is a concept that is called cosmic correlationism, which means that something that you know as something you're used to is some determines the way you approach someone. Okay. So, if there's a species that has a very high authoritarian governance system, they are used to contact leaders. While if it's if a species is um, pretty much Connected to heartwarms or you know feelings and frequencies, and they will connect to whatever individuals they're not uh, you know unimportant of how their education or position or whatever is. I want one thing. I wanted to ask Rick: Are you aware of species or humans living inside of planet Earth? It's something um, because I've heard they were like digging holes and they made contact to people like inside of the pockets of Earth, the Agathen network,
3: people inside of uh, inner Earth. Subterranean. I know of a couple incidents where uh, U.S. Navy submarines had encountered strange looking entities uh, swimming in the water. A number of different locations around around uh, Earth, and there was a consensus. And this was in the this happened from the '60s on. There's a former Navy submarine commander who talks about talked about this at a UFO convention. He gave a very very great lecture on what he experienced uh, during his I think 20 year or whatever it was uh, submarine experience uh, as as commander of a submarine. And this was back in the uh, 70s and 80s, and I believe even into the 90s, where they observed things coming out of the earth. I don't know how deep they were. I don't think he ever mentioned how deep, but they were at one particular instance, and this was off Newfoundland, and the sonar identified something at the bottom, something big, and so they went through their battle stations, and because they didn't know what it was, they thought it might have been a. This is in back when the Soviets were had submarines uh, penetrating U.S. coastlines, and they see this entity, ET entity, with a big, huge head, almost like a praying mantis, but but twenty five to thirty feet long, coming out. Now they, their first impression was, this is some kind of a. Uh, An octopus or some right. sea creature that we don't, don't know about, but as it got closer to the submarine, it had a face, and it w- And he said, not at the time, but later on, he figured that this thing came up to the portals and 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 he considered them trying to communicate. He didn't. They didn't think about it at the time, but later on, he said wow, this entity was trying to communicate with us. So it was intelligent. It was an intelligent. And it swam around, and then it went back into the Earth's crust, or, you know, the bottom of the the, the, yeah. the ocean. And there were, there's other, the, you know, the thrasher that, uh, there was an incident, you know, the thrasher in 1964 that disappeared. Lost it. It lost it off the North Carolina coast. There was so much sonar activity occurring before then that now the, he mentions, that and I'm not saying this, but this admiral mentioned that he feels that it was had been attacked by something that came out of the earth crust. Now, that's the only information I have about I don't know anything factual that I've read or somebody told me about during my time in that we had sub, uh, subterranean uh, uh, beings. I I have
2: definitely been debriefed on this on many occasions, and uh, we definitely have huge pockets in the earth that has lots of life, bioluminescent, uh, even the the atmosphere, there's an atmosphere in these areas and they're very, very large. And some of them do have beings in them. And sometimes they do emerge through either these portals in the Marriott's Trench, or into these aquifers or through special cave systems to the surface, but it's very rare because they don't want to contaminate you know, their atmospheric oh, yeah. area. So they try to stay away from being on, on the surface of the planet. We also have special drills uh, that are very long and look like uh, giant anaconda snakes, but in three feet in diameter that actually melt through the crust and they have cameras on them, and we have perforated many of these uh, large areas. There's a multitude of these areas with uh, teeming with life, hmm. um, and it melts through the rock and into these areas, and little probes are sent out to look around and bring back
3: information. Yeah. Well, you're considering only about 20% of the ocean has been explored. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. one of the things that I knew about was some things that happened in the South Indian Ocean, uh, southwest of, of Australia, there's a lot of anomalies that are occurring down there. There's virtually no ship trafficking down there. And the only traffic is is a boat that might service some really remote islands. Kerguelen Island is one of them, Heard Island is another. And so there are scientists that feel that if there were gonna be subterranean Beings, they would be in that area because nobody explores it. Number one, no, no, there's no ship traffic down there, it's close to Antarctica, and so they feel that. And it's all these anomalies that have occurred down there. The few ships that do travel through there see uh, a number of UFOs flying, UAPs flying in that area, and a lot of underwater phenomena. One particular ship that serviced the kerguelen Islands claimed it had been tracked by this huge submarine, but there wasn't any submarine in that area. There would be no reason to. Eventually a US uh, Navy submarine 24 hours later went down there and tracked something that went towards Antarctica but then lost it. So if there's life in the ocean uh, I think they're scientists and I, I actually think that it would be down in that area where nobody's looking.
1: So I'm, I'm fascinated by that because I've never been to any you know inside pocket of the Earth. But communicating with being six, they spoke about the allegedly story that at some point there had been some big cataclystic moment on Earth where some of the ancient people decided to go underground and to continue their life there, um, and it might be the reason why we find so many species on this planet that suddenly disappeared. For example, in South America, we have buildings and structures for millions and millions of people, and they have never ever discovered anybody, no, no skeleton at all. they just just gone. gone. And that was one of the stories that this being six told me about the history of Earth. So I'm really interested in learning what's inside of it. And also, allegedly, those, those, those alliances or those people, those parties, are in contact with governments. At some point, they became aware that the, there are humans inside of Earth, populations, and they seem to be in contact about what's going on with Earth in the future as well
2: can you name some more of these extraterrestrial uh, alliances and how are they influencing us
1: I would you know summarize that that we have two types of you know species or beings entities whatever you want to call them that interact with humanity in a direct or even a less direct way you have a one more evolved beings, which means they are higher in their frequency, they have a different take, they might have gone through a three-dimensional experience, but now they um, ascended from that and they are reaching back in some way or another. The second uh, thing is that we have 3D species outside of this planet, who have in some way or another an interest in either protecting or observing humanity, or at some times, um, you know, using advantages over them.
2: Do we know which species are there to help planet Earth and humankind and those who maybe don't want to help? Do you know, it, like... So which if, if I put it in,
1: in in pictures, I would say that the amount of beings that are benevolent in some way or another are like pieces, like like sand on beaches, like you have an enormous amount of beings mm-hmm. and definitions of entities or something that are benevolent to the process on earth, like billions and billions and billions. Um, they're the amount of, you know, 3D body species right. that might be uh, invasively you know intermingling with the the history of Earth and and the system that is a fairly quite small number, mm-hmm. I guess we're talking maybe about uh, some some
2: hundred species okay.
1: yeah
2: Now Rick, there's got to be some sort of documentation you read of an agenda of you know if there were an alliance to happen or the meeting that did happen and uh in white sands uh how'd that turn out did you get any documentation uh if there was going to be a positive alliance with any of those species
3: there was actually there was obviously a, a very close alliance with mm. the ebens because mm. of the fact that they were very impressed with the way we treated the the injured one in the crash we didn't harm him uh we we uh Guarded the bodies of the other one of his comrades, and we were able to effectively communicate using what eva one told us and direct them to come back uh, and 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 recover the, the the bodies so they were very impressed with us, and that's why they offered then agreement uh, to uh exchange ambassadors, so to speak right and so we sent. And it's still uncertain whether we sent three or twelve, but we sent some people back, sure. some astronauts back, and then they left uh, Eba two, and then eventually Eba three, and as I understand, they've they've had others, but I don't know that. I mean, as far as my actions and my knowledge within the government, I don't know that. Outside, I've heard a lot of, a lot of chatter about that. There are others that have came here. One mm-hmm. particular meeting occurred. Sometime in 2010, on Johnson Island, which is a very remote island, uh, where the Vatican came and witnessed the the landing and the exchange. And this was these were Ebens that I know, and there may have been other uh, ambassadors are coming. I, I don't know, but I only know about about the Ebens, and they have, as I understand, a very good relationship with with our government, and I'm sure other governments too. But I only know about our government. One of the things that President Reagan was briefed on uh, back in the 80s was about the effective relationship that we had with 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 this ET force, the ET race. And what he wanted to form some kind of a treaty is for them to assist us in protecting Earth from the hostile uh, ETs. And we knew at that time that there was one particular a race of e t s that was hostile that their agenda on earth was more or less uh, to for their own well being rather than the earth's well being now a lot of people will argue that that doesn 't necessarily mean they 're hostile they just have their own agenda that they want to uh, sa- uh, satisfy on earth and it 's not necessarily going to harm the humans but one of their agendas that we found out was abductions. And we, uh, you know, we were hand tied. I mean, I worked those things. And mm-hmm. All right. these, things, these ETs would come in, and we had no control. We couldn't, we couldn't protect our, our people. And one of the things that Reagan wanted to do was they, he wanted to form alliances with the friends, the friendly ones. And he wanted to help protect Earth from the hostile.
2: Do you know what species that hostile one is?
3: That was the reptilians, the reptilians those are the ones that are responsible for at least any eighties uh abductions and and harmful activities and and um and hostile acts against our our military uh ships uh sunk a ship, shot down some planes. How many incidences in total Oh gosh. I know of many. I don't know the exact number, probably more than a 10 as far as hostile acts against abductions. the government. Now, as far as the abductions, I, I don't know the exact number, but I, I would say probably thousands of abdu- abductions. Mm-hmm.
2: Just a moment ago, you mentioned Johnson Island. What exactly happened there?
3: Johnson Island is located west of the Hawaiian Islands. It was used as a chemical storage. A location for the United States when they were when we had a large stockpile of chemical weapons. It was also a, a location where we disposed of chemical weapons. It's a very small island. has a f- active runway. It's very remote, and we had facilities there that tracked uh, Soviet satellites back in in those days. And in, I'm sure we, we had the same. One of the things that uh, was uh, ironic was the Vatican was notified of this exchange of ambassadors. Um, When I was working at this private laboratory, we were briefed into this. We were provided information about it. And we had a particular interest or object that the government wanted to, objective that the government wanted to do to facilitate this exchange. And we did this, although I wasn't there. Some other people were there, and the, somehow the, the, the Vatican ambassador was notified of this, and they wanted to separ- send a representative to the island to meet, and they did that. Now, the real reason the, the Vatican did this was I believe that they wanted to establish some sort of contact with the ET race. I don't have any other knowledge of that other than what I'm telling you now. So, Rick, what would you say how
1: important is the Vatican in this fractions and alliance um, system that we're talking about?
3: Well, I, we employed a, some representatives, former representatives of, of the Vatican, or of the Catholic Church, a monk and a, and a former priest. The Vatican wanted to make sure that any representation that we had with some E.T. race outside this planet, that they were connected to it. And they wanted to make sure that there was some kind of full cooperation and non-hostile actions by our government. And one of the really uh, important things that the Vatican wanted to bring forth to our government because we were a government entity. Uh, we had a defense budget. We were, you know, Vatican sometimes looked at the United States as being hostile itself. So they wanted to make sure that we were not in, in going to act hostile towards this particular entity that's, that they were going to meet, to meet. And I believe that was one. And, and some of this is what I read and some of it is my own opinion. As far as I think, the Vatican wanted just to mediate the meeting. Interesting. Thank you, Rick. Did our ambassadors return, and what did we learn? Well, that's a that's a heck of a story that's been going on <laughs> since uh, 2005 and 2006. The Serple story. Uh, you know, I was accused of, of bringing this forth. It was somebody else that they've since come forth and admitted to it. I don't think we really know. We know that some of them came back. Now, whether there were 12 that went or there were only three. I mean, I know that the, the, the evidence that uh, Linda Moulton Howell presents, there's only three that went. I know the evidence that Victor Martinez and some of these other people mm-hmm. within the government, Joseph Yeager, who was intimately involved in this program, spoke out at the UFO convention saying, I can tell you the exact number and I know what happened. He tells a whole story. Bill Ryan tells his story, others. Uh, so uh, if you, you piecemeal all this together, uh, especially coming from Joseph Yeager, who was DIA, I mean, yep. you know, that guy is a proven DIA official. There were some pe- people, and I would just say some, that went to the planet Serpo uh, and lived there for a number of years, uh, 10 to 15, came back to Earth and provided a, a, a whirlwind, a plethora of information about the planet, uh, photographs, stories, uh, plants, even some uh, animals. Uh, that, and so, we did learn something. Uh, where that information is right now, it's, it's hidden in DIA, why, why they won't even admit that it, this has happened. Of course, when Jaeger spoke, DIA totally discredited him Saying no, it never happened. Although he had other people, including the one survivor who who actually uh, uh, was able to speak on a video feed. He was he was uh, dying actually. One of the problems that happened radiation. To the, to the, yeah, the the, yep. the the crew that went was a high level of radiation that occurred on a planet circle because it was a binary planet, two suns. Uh, they were getting it was twenty almost twenty four hour a day. I think it was like. Well, they didn't, it, it wasn't our 24 hours, it was like 34 hours there a day, and they got like 30 hours of the sun, and the radiation affected every one of the number of, of ones that went and came back. Some supposedly stayed. According yeah, three of to, them yeah, are yeah, hurt, yeah.
2: volunteered to stay. Yeah,
3: so they they volunteered mm-hmm. to stay right. on the planet, and we. I don't know what their outcome is uh, as of, of today, but that's that's the story. Tim,
2: Where do you see the future going with these alliances?
1: So, I think that at the present time, um, a lot of patterns have not been solved. Um, Earth people are experiencing a very distorted and non-efficient system that is ruling over the Earth in a very non-homogeneous way and i i feel like things will be more effective in the future also the, the awareness that we are all connected and having those other alliances and other beings that are helpful and reach back to us and you know spread information or giving even hands-on advices on something that is very assuring and very positive positive. and also needs, because we were talking about systematic alliances on Earth, um, there are, we also need to, to take into consideration that everyone, every single one on Earth in, and in the universe has their own mission and responsibility to commit themselves to the benevolent exploration of, of the universe. And that's happening. There are lots and lots of individual, very ascended characters, beings, fractions, federations. They all are reaching to everyone and giving their hands. I feel that it's a beautiful message from that. It is very
2: beautiful and I'm looking forward to the future.
3: Yes.
1: Well,
2: gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. What's pleasure. Thank you,
3: Emery. It's been my pleasure.
2: I'm Emery Smith and this is Cosmic Disclosure. Until next time.
1: Next on Cosmic Disclosure. The more levels of of the universe you put into your language into, into your communication, the more powerful the language becomes. But at some point, someone or something made people on Earth use a modified version of their own language. The installation And the modification of languages has never ever been so weak like it's now. Because people do not mean what they speak, they just put out words.
0: So yeah everybody get your own subscription it's only 12 bucks a month for this amazing programming get it get it get it going on get it going on thanks for 283k even if most of those are just my sensors the you know what i'm talking about
2: Today on Cosmic Disclosure, we're with Tim, a tactical advisor in the covert governance in Germany, who analyzes and suggests various strategies in relation to extraterrestrial groups in contact with Earth. Tim, thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. Today we want to talk about how language is correlated into source and time. What do you what's your thoughts on that?
1: Languages are a super important way to maneuver yourself through the experience of reality. That is basically something um, or the, the main reason why there are languages. We know that many archaic texts from all over the world, they all say in the beginning there was sound or there was the word or something and there is a lot of truth to that. You know, there are versions of a universe that only consists of sound, as just the way this version of the universe consists of light. Um, and those versions, they overlap each other already, so words and frequencies of words and tones can be used and have been used in order to maneuver yourself through reality. because. 3D movement is not the only way we can, you know, relocate ourselves. There's much more to that. And words can be used in order to bring a a cohesive thought into manifestation. Unfortunately, and that is something that is really heavy on this planet, there are two things that make it a little challenging. The first thing is, the languages of the Earth have systematically been modified in order to bring chaos to that system. Normally, it used to be that languages are used in order to communicate from a consciousness unit to the, we would call it all in German, which means to the everything. Unfortunately, whoever put educational systems and language rules um, up on the population Mm -hmm. of Earth, they didn't, you know, they kind of cheated a little bit with the people of, of Earth and made it harder in order to manifest. That is a huge problem. So a lot of the the sentences, the words, and the way grammar uh, works is modified in a way to make it more challenging. It's just as if you were, you know, moving towards this kind of putting or something that makes it really sticky, and you 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 need to put a lot of effort in it in order to to you know elevate yourself normally that process would be super easy and there are version i mean there are realms of reality where um, words are so precise so precisely connected to the reality that those words automatically and instantly will change your perception and the way you know you perceive reality that is number 1 number 2 is that Compared to other languages, we could, for example, compare that to the language the Greys are using. Those languages are super complex, and earthly languages tend to be very, you know, close-minded and have. mm, They're not precise. They're not precise exactly. So they they um, there's a lot of perceptible experiences are very hard to describe in an earthly language. The greats, for example, include the position of time inside the language. Those languages are super precise. They also include different properties into their own words and their languages. And that makes it super, super precise just because they are a super mental and, um, you know, cognitive race. It probably
2: speeds up their communication, too, I would think, compared to the language here and all the languages here on Earth are very discombobulating.
1: That's true. So, the German language, for example, is modified in a way that pretty much everything that could be healthy and good is negated. So, if we're talking about entertainment, for example, right. the German word for that is Unterhaltung, which actually means to hold someone down. Unterhaltung, hold down. So, that describes that entertainment is being used in order to hold people down from something. We have different other examples for that. So, if someone, you know, sneezes, you say "bless you." In Germany, they say "gesundheit." Gesundheit, right? And the first syllable "ge" means means go. That means like go away. So um, you actually giving. So you you mean to say be healthy or something like "heilung" would be a very positive word for that. But "gesundheit" sanity means. Zuntide sanity, but go and ge means go away. So that is something that people have been taught upon in order to say that to each other, and it's it's so automatically just no one thinks about it. Right. Like you say, hey, bless you, bless you, and you wish a, something into the universe that is not directly your 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 wish because what you want to do is actually to wish somebody health. So how
2: was that negated? How did that? You know who was responsible for that
1: who that's that's a that's a Mm -hmm. interesting question who that who did that somebody so the greys are accusing someone I know that people who looked into that are excusing somebody some foreign force I cannot say that I don't know if it's true I know somebody put that uh, into place so Whoever, you know, put up the educational system and even went into different other parts of the world, invaded them and then put, you know, missionary um, educational systems and languages to those, you know, barbaric, uh, uneducated people, they might be cheated in the first place in order to bring languages and distortion of languages to other tribes in the world which is you know super effective but also super malevolent
2: so who do you believe was the master who came up with these languages
1: in the first place languages were pretty close to source itself but we see that there had been some kind of you know modification manipulation on the system of language whoever did that was oh, doing it intentionally in order to prevent humans Satan. from evolving too quickly, and whoever did that—and I'm not saying who that was—or because I don't know that—but someone did it, and whoever that Satan. that um, whoever did that was like Satan? a very elevated, and high um, intelligence and must have known the languages of Earth a lot. And we see that in in English as well. So, a lot of Latin words have been integrated into the English language, and people have been taught to use those Latin words, but those Latin words sometimes uh, have the similar effect. So, we were talking, for example, about the word future, which means basically is coming from the Latin word futura, which um, consists of two different words. The first uh, part of it is fu, which means fu, like bad. Mm -hmm. And tura is something that derives from a Latin word that means to manifest by using incense. So, the, the in Different species or different tribes uh, have used different techniques in order to connect to the universe, in order to connect with source and to manifest things. For example, Germans, the original word for power in the uh, Indo-Germanic original language is the same word for forest today. So, German people or Germanic people have seen the power of trees and nature and have used that by their connection to nature in order to manifest and to connect to source. Roman people were different. They were using a lot of incense in order to have smoke and use the smoke to bring focus into that and to manifest things. So the th- second part of the word future is, is basically meaning mm, manifesting something through using incense. But in combination, future actually means bad luck. So everyone who is, you know, bringing something uh, from the future or something, I have that and this wish and that, that is his or her future basically is miscommunicating with the universe in itself. The universe then, as a, as a life form, doesn't exactly know what you're talking about. What, because for the universe there's no bad, no good. It's only reality and experienceable reality. And the universe might give you, the, the, you know, a bad feedback when you do not communicate correctly.
2: When did you think this all changed? Why don't we just keep Sanskrit, you know, this ancient language? Because from there to all these other languages, what's this big gap, you know, in time? And when do you think that time was?
1: So we we think that the originator languages or the original languages that were, um, and you have those stories that those are, you know, uh, coming from source or some something, that those languages are lost. No one knows um, where they got lost, but at some point someone or something made people on earth um, use a modified version of their own language. Sanskrit is the only language that has connections to source itself and um, that you know, still remains. It's it's the only only one left. Everyone, everything else, um, mysterically, you know, disappeared. Right, right. But we see um, in the history of humanity a systematic modification of languages, and also y- whoever did that and brought that upon this planet, they were using a specifica of ape races which is coming from their tendency to be connected in tribes or in hordes and in in hordes you need to stick to a common set of rules that is giving from one to another generation and stick to that very closely. They rely on that, they need that in order to be successful. So that behaviorism is still inside of humanity. If you expose someone to a rule or a mindset, then so an intelligent is called contaminated. That is a contaminated generation that will, ex- will uh, go on with that contaminated thought until someone else brings in an imposing. Thought, which is mainly rehabilitating or re educating that previous generation. So, if you tell, and this is pretty much what everyone on this planet has experienced, if you have, you, you cannot argue with other members of this ape species, even if they are super wrong, even if you give them uh, evidence or proof, even. They will still stick to what has been educated upon them because their ape genetics is what tells them that it is very important for the success of the heart of the tribe to stick to the rule of the last generation speaking of
2: tribe, you mentioned earlier about the grays and their language, how you know time and coordinates has already incorporated it into their language and here there have been you know ancient civilizations and aboriginal tribes here that don't use mm-hmm. a past mm-hmm. or present uh tense so
1: yeah there are also tribes that do not have a word for i and you which is very interesting because they have still this um connected unified you know uh, mindset inside of their language but Do you think that
2: makes it easier or, or more difficult in
1: language? It depends on what you want to create and what you focus on. So um, there's this theory that I cannot be defined and I cannot be defined unless it brings itself in opposition to a you. So that means everything that is different to you is I. But but I am you. True, but you're still you. Right. So that is a paradox, and it's a paradox in this universe. If you have, if you do not have a concept of an eye, and there are species that have no eye, they tend to have a collective memory system, they have a different perception of reality, why should they develop a language that distinguishes or differentiates? And it's also, you know, sometimes pretty hard to explain because human people sometimes ask me, Tim, what's the name? of What's their name? This is also something that's inside of human language in order to differentiate yourself from something else. So, This is Emery, and that's Banana, you know? And in reality, it's all that connected field. And there is lots and lots more properties to Emery and and lots more properties to Banana than just calling it Banana and Emery. So (laughs) the language of the grace is using all those probabilities, all those um, different data sets in their language in order to make it more precise. Why
2: have languages lost their power here on Earth?
1: Because languages in itself, they are used in order to communicate between the consciousness unit and the collective or the all, the the everything. And again, languages have been modified here. But one thing that has also happened is that because people have been taught a modified, manipulated, and chaotic system of languages, they have experienced a loss of feedback, which is pretty important for the universe because everything is is relying on feedback mechanism, which means... I do something and something brings back a consequence and I can then adjust that. But as people have used those modified languages a lot, and I mean we could talk how to end modify that, unmodify that and build up on a new structure of languages, language that would be more benevolent for your manifestation. But as people have used that modified languages over the generations, they have suffered a lot less feedback. They have just felt that it's not working anymore like it used to work. And, you know, with less feedback from the universe, language becomes more and more unimportant. And that is what people have experienced a lot, which is a good thing in a way because the installation and the modification of languages has never ever been so weak like it's now. Because people do not mean what they speak, they just put out words. And on the most basic level of communication, this recipient and communicator thing does the job, but that's mostly it. One thing that has been very important is a... Cohesive current thought that transports the message you're giving out into the universe, so the universe is on different levels uh, level of of perception it's it's active on all those levels it's um you do not the more levels of 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 the universe you put into your language into into your coordination and communication. The more powerful the language becomes, so if you only speak and you have all those thoughts in your head that go into different directions and they are no f- not focused, you basically just put out you know sounds, and people you know they, they base their whole communication upon sounds, but that's not all. Communication is much more, and the more information you can put into that the more feedback you become. So one thing that a lot of species, especially um, when we look at humanoid species on different planets, what they do, they connect their their thoughts very closely to the words. They also have a a, a more evolved language system which helps them, but bringing a cohesive, coherent thought uh, connected to the sound you make is something that communication, you know, everything benefits from that. You can feel that if someone radiates truth. You can feel that truth. You, You might even, if you phone someone and that person is smiling, you can feel that by the phone. So that is something that can only be explained if more information are connect, is connected uh, than... I mean, that can only be explained if more information comes with it than only sound. It gives more energy. Informa- yeah, energy and information and focus, right? Mm, understood.
2: We hear a lot about extraterrestrials using telepathy as a way of communicating? Is that something that you're aware of or are they all just using sound?
1: Well, telepathy is another wave pattern that you can put into the universe. So, if you imagine sound and not only as something you can perceive, but also something that is a wave pattern, then that is something that, you know, Mm, Pass the way, so to speak, in order to bring information from me to you, but psionics those are also wave patterns that is why technology can you know utilize that mechanism, imitate those wave patterns patterns, and bring psionics through technology, so a lot of species have understood those mechanisms they are more trained and more used to use those wave patterns some species are not but those speak in those um, species that you mentioned they use telepa- um, telepathy mm-hmm. and they mostly do it because it's a way for them to overcome the barriers of sound which means it's easier for them to put a thought into your head because then information is in interpre- is interpreted by your own perception instead of you know listening to acoustic signal signals and putting them into some kind of you know uh understanding system or something um, like that It's very specific
2: telepathy through my experience, because if I said, you know, Tim, let's go to the park, that message that you see is already the time, you see the park, you know where it's at. There's so much more covered in that one patch of energy that comes at you. And I've seen this with extraterrestrials too.
1: Yeah, it's it's a, A kind of a universal language because it's the way a mental based universe communicates with itself that overcomes some struggle but so mostly for example if we are talking about those humanoid races those other humans that are existing in the universe and I'm at least aware of three types that do that they not only have a very sophisticated language system, but they also are very advanced and very you know concentrated in the way they put their cohesive thought into the language so it's it 's not only you know speaking and bring out sounds right, right. it 's a very sophisticated and concentrated um transfer of mm-hmm. different data sets. And emotion. And emotion, yes. That's Emotions what's... are hugely important to the, to the universe. That is also something that has been, you know, modified and altered by that installation. Because if we look at it, lots and lot of things, um, you know, that you can perceive in the media or something on this planet, those things um they tend to modify the emotions of people they have you know fear they um, and i mean mostly every movie uh, that you can watch has some kind of death in it and it's always portrayed as super traumatic and super super um intense and bad and that is also something you know that got stuck and it's it's a self-sustainable system. So, once someone has put that into an ape species and that ape species got habituated to that, right. it it starts to recreate this pattern. It's habitual, yes. Other species do not do that. Another species would, would say, like, why should I, you know, produce horror movies which make people bad? Why should I do that? They go back to the decision you know, reflect upon it and then change their behavior. But again, ape species rely upon that, um, you know, this pattern. They need that in a very early stage of evolution in order to bring stability to their system, to their genetics. We've already overcome that. There's no reason anymore for all those behaviors, all those, you know, ape-like, denaturalized, systematic thinking.
2: Tim, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Emory. I'm Emory Smith, and this is Cosmic Disclosure. Until next time.
1: Next on Cosmic Disclosure.
0: Jesus' extraordinary birth involves UFO phenomenon, of course. According to religion, Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, or as the messages of extraterrestrial beings assert, Mary was artificially inseminated. This makes me wonder if Gabriel and other angels were really extraterrestrials. These great masters of history were assisted by superior forces, and in my way of seeing things, with the active participation of extraterrestrials.
2: Pretty interesting premise, man. Jesus. Jesus. He's my friend.
1: Jesus, he's my friend, you take me by the hand, you make me understand, Jesus,
0: he's my friend. That's 283k, man.
2: Today on Cosmic Disclosure, we are with Ricardo Gonzalez, author and researcher from Peru who has experienced multiple direct contacts with an extraterrestrial species called the Punians. Today we are talking about E.T.'s interpretation of Jesus and other great teachers. Ricardo, welcome to the show. Thank you again, Emery. From what you learned about various E.T.'s, what could you tell us about their interpretation of Jesus and other great teachers?
0: Well, on another occasion, we discussed the importance of human evolution on this planet. For the extraterrestrial beings who have contacted me, it is a very worrisome situation. And these beings considered that we must reach other horizons of consciousness, and not self-destruct. As we discussed on different occasions, Emery, Intellectual development and technology will not help us to achieve it. But it is wisdom that can guide us. This guiding wisdom, or wisdom that can show us the way, is based on very profound discoveries about oneself. These beings who are in contact with us emphasize this point quite a lot, that human beings have a great inner capacity to develop and transform into a great entity of higher consciousness. And they told us, you don't have to look far away from the planet to try to understand that. Throughout its history, several men and women have emerged with a great ability to connect with the universe, who were in contact with us in the past, and who guided the people. They call them the great masters. Some of them are very special and known to us. Among these figures, we could mention Jesus. I should alert people who are watching us right now on the show that when we talk about these great masters, they must be taken out of the religious context. We must see them as beings who did great historical work. And obviously, I'm going to explain it from the perspective that these beings
2: have transmitted to us. Jesus was allegedly born through an immaculate, conception. Now, is it possible that this relates to extraterrestrial intervention?
0: It's a very controversial topic, Emory. See, si. Because here, religious beliefs are mixed with the scriptures of the times associated with the life of Jesus. And it's very difficult to understand what exactly happened. In fact, according to some skeptics, Jesus did not exist, he was not a historical figure, and that it was an invention of the Church to control the masses, as they say. But anyway, what I can tell you, according to my research, of course, Jesus is a historical figure, beyond the controversial phenomena surrounding his life, including his extraordinary birth, which involves UFO phenomenon, of course. I tried to reinterpret the scriptures, the Bible, that described this event, the birth of Jesus, and I consulted the beings who were in contact with us, if they could give us more information about it. And we received something extraordinary that has guided us in this research, which led us to travel several times to Israel and to Egypt and other countries. The Archangel Gabriel had communication with Jesus' mother, Mary, And as you will recall, he announced that she would become pregnant and that she would have a very special child that she would name Jesus, which means He Who Saves. This was already controversial because Mary had not known any man before. She had not had sex with any male. According to religion, Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. But the question is, did this really happen as we have interpreted it in religion? Or, as the messages of extraterrestrial beings assert, Jesus' birth may have been scheduled. And Mary, a very special young woman, because she was a teenager when she got pregnant, was artificially inseminated. There is technology that allows transmittal, even electromagnetically, of the seed of a man to a woman without making physical contact. There are new technologies that are experimenting with these and other things. I can't imagine what beings from other worlds could do. And this makes me wonder if Gabriel and other angels, beyond the existence of beings of light or hierarchies on on other planes that we do not know about, if any of the angels were really extraterrestrials operating in our reality. But let's assume that Mary was artificially inseminated by these beings. This does not resolve our doubts. And another question arises, where did the seed come from? According to the extraterrestrials and their controversial information, they indicate that throughout history they were creating a gene bank that was a synthesis of the great patriarchs and masters before the time of Jesus. Samples containing genetic patterns from such well-known and special individuals as Abraham or Moses. Speaking of two other contactees, it's very curious. Let me bookmark this conversation. Investigations of the so-called Shroud of Turin in Italy they show a man who was crucified and wrapped in a large sheet. This sheet, curiously, has a historical coherence with the accounts of the Bible. One of Jesus' disciples saw it on the ground, in the tomb, after Jesus had risen. Therefore, this sheet was left with an impression of the energy of Jesus when he returned from the dead. It was said that this sheet, and the image of Jesus that is on it, was a fraud of the Middle Ages, or that Leonardo da Vinci had painted it in the Renaissance. But all of that was rejected. They were misleading maneuvers. And the shroud remains an enigma. What I did yeah. want.